Hey, welcome to the Wave Report. It's Tremonte. Like and subscribe to the channel. Today we have a special guest. Introduce yourself. Kareem Rosales. Thank you for coming on to the Wave Thank Report you today. Thank for having me. I oh, appreciate it. We, we are open to anyone coming on. Tell the people a little bit about where you're from. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Nicaragua for 13 years. Um, then my parents, my dad remarried and came to the United States when I was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I was I speak fluent Spanish, and then when I came here, I started in seventh grade in middle school. And then at first, like, obviously I didn't speak English, so it was kind of hard right. to learn. And then it's been about nine years since I've been here. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. How so much nice. of, a, of a culture shock was it coming to it, America? It was very different. Like, mm-hmm. to start off, like, the roads were, are just, like, a lot bigger than Nicaragua. Oh, yeah? Like, Nicaragua, you would fit one car, mm-hmm. and here you have, like three almost like four lanes yeah. and like a highway so seeing that was like pretty cool and like besides that the people you mm-hmm. know very different culture very different um like obviously language mm-hmm. um just the way that people interact was like extremely different like in latin america we're very affectionate like we that's hug true. a lot and we tell people how much we love them and here it's like oh hey what's up like mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> so it was it was very <laughs> different but you know it was good that I came here at 13 because then I got used to it, like, fairly quickly, so. Yeah, you got time to adjust. Do you go back to visit? I've been back two times since I came back. Yeah. Uh, it's been seven years since my last trip. Have you just stayed in Florida? Yeah, in Tampa, too. Is Florida somewhere that you want to live long term or you want to go somewhere else? You seem I- like a West Coast person for some <laughs> reason. I get that vibe, like yeah. you're a West Coast person. I'm actually, like, a very, like, outdoor nature person. So my dream is, like, to move in a cabin in, like, the mountains. In Colorado? Just, yeah, somewhere over there. And oh, North Carolina, cool. I've actually been there once. It's really nice. Yeah, you should so, move. Yeah. My wife talks about North Carolina a lot. Uh, so I had a little bit of background information on you from nice. our dear <laughs> mutual friend. And he said that you were struggling with some things yeah. in your life. Can you kind of inform the fans or the people who are watching? Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. little story. Yeah, go ahead. Background. Go ahead. Uh, so, when I came to the United States, it was right. in seventh grade. And then I, you know, to start off, I, like, never had any friends because my mom just always kept me isolated. So, that mm. just let me, like, just be by myself and, like, not really interact with other people or, like, not m- know much about other people my age. Is around. that just because you came into America or is she like that? No, she's like that okay. back in Nicaragua. Like, okay. that's how she raised me. When I came here, um, I started going to school and then I started seeing people that look different than your average Nicaraguan person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow, people do look different. So then I started, <laughs> like, wondering, like, what am, I, what am I like? Like, what do I like? And then it just came to the picture that I kind of, like, just liked how guys looked, like, mm-hmm. in middle school. And then I remember I had this crush in seventh grade. Uh, this guy, like, sat next to me every day on the bus. And, like, I told other people about him. And then he was just like, no, no, no. And, like, that was, like, the first time that I ever processed, like, oh, wow, I don't like girls. This is different from how I was raised. So seventh grade, right? Seventh grade. Okay. Okay. I was 13. And mm-hmm. then eighth grade happened. And then eighth grade, I had like a very depressed year because 
I went back to my country, came back. I didn't mm. want to come back. So it was more about like working on myself. So I kind of just forgot oh. about that part. Then I started freshman year and I became friends with some people and they kind of just inspired me to be myself more. Mm-hmm. So at school, everybody knew me as, oh, that's Kareem and he's like that. Right. Um, but that was just like a school persona that I would just be at school. And outside of school, like I used to go to church and then my parents are very religious. religious so like that too would just be part of my outside world outside of school. Um, and then I became a Christian. I got baptized when I was 16. So that was my sophomore year of high school. And yeah, I've been baptized for about five to six years now. And that has been my life since the past five years. Um, mm-hmm. Just focused on the church. I actually led a teen ministry. I opened like a nonprofit program in the church with like mm-hmm. another organization. I was just like extremely focused on it because, you know, God does change people's lives. Um, and it definitely changed mine because I was not at a point where I was thinking about me liking guys anymore. I was just focused on my relationship with God and doing the right thing. Okay. And being portrayed as a per, as a righteous person, mm-hmm. um, and that happened for you know I graduated high school, started college, and that was just still me. I just kept everything else in the back of my mind. Um, were you fighting with it as you were going through this process of getting baptized? So I was not, which is interesting. Um, as soon as I got baptized, my life just turned three sixty, like out of nowhere. Like I immediately stopped thinking about stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and my motto was now. You know, I got to do the right thing. I got to be righteous. I got to do everything for God to be pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't struggling for some odd reason. But, mm-hmm. you know, God does work magic in your life. And that's, I guess that was the part of it that mm-hmm. was fresh in me that just forgot about everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, everything was great. And then quarantine happened. <laughs> yeah. And that gave me a chance to be at home. For two months. And reflect. Um, and reflect just because, you know, I couldn't hang out with people. Yeah. I could only, like, exercise at home. So I started running a lot. And running just gives you, like, a clearer idea, mm-hmm. a clearer mind. Um, and, like, I was working, like, once or twice a week. So I definitely was at home for a while. Um, and my roommate, I shared rooms with another guy. And he would just, you know, conversate with me and stuff like that. And I would just bring out the topic. And he's... He would walk me through it and see, like, it wouldn't be wrong if you were this way, but, like, do you want to be that way? And that just, like, kept me questioning, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm in quarantine. Let me just open Tinder and see, like, if I do really like it, if it was just a middle school thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I opened it, and I was like, oh, wow, interesting. Because <laughs> at this point, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been, mm-hmm. like, since middle school, yeah. like, almost eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, and I saw some people on Tinder, and I met up with one, uh, and I was just like, oh, wow, this is extremely new, but I like it. You know, it's not like I was hesitant about meeting him or, like, anything of that. Mm-hmm. So I just let, like, all my guards down and just, like, started to just, like, meet people and, like, talk to people. Just being open about myself to the roommate that was walking me through it, and then Two months passed, and I was just like, you know what? I think this is it. Because mm-hmm. I I put it in the back of my mind because I wanted to be right with God, but not because I wasn't 
actively wanting to date a guy anymore. Yeah, I know. If that makes sense. Um, so, yeah. And then I came out on Mother's Day. <laughs> came out on Mother's Day. Yeah, uh, this year. Um, did you come out publicly? Or did you come out to your family? I came out to my family and all my friends. How receptive were they? So I did it step by step. I okay. took it on like I people that I knew were going to accept me and be fine with it. And then I, every three days I would call somebody new and tell them, um, depending on like how harsh I would think they would judge me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told, like, my best friends first, and, like, everyone's cool with it. Like, 95% of my friends are, like, straight guys, and they're all, like, extremely cool with it. So that was pretty cool to, like, still have the friendships and just, like, still be myself. Like, literally doesn't change mm-hmm. anything um, about, like, my personality or anything. Uh, and then I told my mom, because my mom lives in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. My dad lives here. Okay. Um, so I called her, and she was just, like, you know that's awesome congratulations like that doesn't change anything like now we're gonna get to talk about guys and like because you know she's single so she's like now we can talk about guys and just like you know Mm -hmm. she was being fun about it um and then i told my other roommates who are from the church Mm -hmm. uh, i have six roommates (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i told the other five like sat them down in the garage and i just said it like in front of all of them okay so this is the case and this 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 and surprisingly, I thought I was like extremely nervous about telling them, but they were very accepting, um, mm-hmm. very respectful about it. And they were just asking, like, what does your life look like from now on? And like, mm-hmm. are you still part of the church or do you want to be part of the church? And just stuff like that. Um, but ultimately, it was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I called my dad and my stepmom on Mother's Day because that was, you know, they're the ones from the church. They're the ones that I wanted to make sure that. The conversation went smoothly because <laughs> uh-huh. my dad is like my dad. I have a great relationship with my dad. Um, so I called them and it was like like an hour, an hour and a half conversation, and I just gave them a little history background about how I felt since I was in middle school and like how I felt since I was a kid. Because like now, if you see a kid playing with dolls, like that's more acceptable. But when I was growing up, like especially in Nicaragua, like no, you're not allowed to play with dolls. Yeah. So I knew I was different because I was playing with dolls. Mm-hmm. And I loved Shakira since I was four. Mm-hmm. So like listening to Shakira was just like, oh no, you got to like Daddy Yankee, not Shakira. <laughs> so that they kind of like had an idea because mm-hmm. I was different than your average kid um, when it came to stuff like that. And yeah, I told them about everything. And then my stepmom spoke first mm-hmm. um, and she... Um, just basically said like be open to the idea that God could change your life in the future which I agree because again God works in mysterious ways like you never know what could happen in 50, 60 years even next year very true um, and then my dad was just like very supportive like you know you're still my son like doesn't change anything and all mm-hmm. that stuff so and then after that slowly posting on social media like a pride mm-hmm. flag or like a comment about something and me oh hey not to be rude but are you gay and i'm like yeah i just came out like last month and they're like oh cool mm-hmm. and that's it uh, so it's thankfully it's been a very positive experience um mm-hmm. like no no bad negative comments at all mm-hmm. uh, and that just shows like how much we've moved on from mm-hmm. a lot of judgment since it all started mm-hmm. the movement back in 2008 
So, you said you, just going back to your story, yeah. how you got to the point. You said you are in the church, you got baptized. Right now, how do you feel God looks at you as a gay man? So do you I, think, do you even care how he, how he views you or how he may view you? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, like I said, I've been part of it for five years and like a relationship where you build with God is more intimate than a relationship you could ever build with any human being. Um, I quite don't understand where I'm at right now with him. Um, I do care, obviously, what he thinks and like mm-hmm. his plan on my life, like make sure it keeps on going. But there's this part of free will that just gives me the comfort in knowing that it's okay if I'm this way because I can't change no matter how hard I try. I tried changing for nine years and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm. I mean, I still pray mm-hmm. very deeply, and I feel very at peace. And at peace that I think comes from something outside of this world, like peace within, obviously, because I'm free of mm-hmm. being my like to be myself, but also peace knowing that it's okay that I'm this way. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually like a history major. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I'm going to school for. So I read a lot of books about the way that gay people has been viewed throughout history, mm-hmm. and it just makes me thankful that I'm just one more person to that history mm. that has been happening since mm-hmm. Greek times the Spartans mm-hmm. had relationship with guys of and course. it was very acceptable um, so it like and they were fine like I don't mm-hmm. know where they're at now obviously right. uh, but just gives me comfort to know that it's okay that I'm at where I'm at do you feel like the time where you were Attempting to be Christian, you're like it was a time of self-discovery, or do you do you feel like you were kind of ignoring who you truly were? It's kind of both, because I definitely understood. I grew in character. I grew in in my beliefs and my morals, mm-hmm. um, in my perspective on different topics, and made me be more loving and more accepting of different people and more kind and more mm. um, you know do mo- do more volunteering for other people and serve other people mm-hmm. um, so it definitely developed this sense of being a what a human being should be mm-hmm. um, but also this part where you're like you know thinking throughout your day like you see a random person walking out and I'm like you know you look good mm-hmm. like things like that but it wasn't like a struggle that every day was like oh my I can't be myself I can't be myself mm-hmm. it was just like I was so focused on you know bettering me mm-hmm. then that I just kind of just put that to the side in your opinion uh, do you believe that because you said you felt this since you were long, younger because yeah. you said you were playing, playing with dolls do you believe people are born gay in your your opinion your yes opinion. um Yes, I think so. It for me since, like I said, since I was a kid, I always and again, this doesn't have to be the case. Like, oh, you're more feminine when you're a kid, therefore you have to be gay. Like, right. that's not the case at all. But I'm speaking like from my experience. Like, that's 
how I knew that, you know, I don't like girls. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, in elementary school, I like, had a little girlfriend, but I was just, like, annoyed by her. <laughs> like, we lasted for, like, a month, and, like, I was annoyed. I'm like, no. And then mm-hmm. middle school, like, you know, I, I never had a girlfriend. So it was just a thing that, you know, I can't make myself like a girl. And I tried. Trust me, I tried, like, three times. Mm-hmm. Like, we, girls that are extremely pretty. And then I was just like, you know, I actually don't feel like this is going to work just because you know, I need time to, like, better myself and this and that. But never told them, like, this is why, because I actually don't like girls. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, I think you are born with it because it's something that you can't just change. Mm-hmm. Even if you train yourself really hard to um, not like guys. Like, it's something inevitable that you just happen to do there's this guy in uh, part of uh, the church that I go to called Guy Hammond and he is a gay Christian but he has a wife and two kids and he writes a lot of books and they basically said like you are born gay you will forever like guys Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things that you have to have a strong bond with God for him to help you walk away from that sin because mm-hmm. essentially they view it as a sin do you view it that way it's a process that i'm still mm-hmm. learning about mm-hmm. um so i right now i don't but i do understand why it could be a sin mm-hmm. and again there's a lot of like underlying words in the bible that applied back then but don't necessarily apply stuff like that um mm-hmm. And that's just, like, a topic that it's very, like, complex to, like, understand. Um, so, right now, I don't view it as a sin. Mm-hmm. But he, basically, like, he explains it. And he says, like, for him, he has a wife. He truly loves her. But he still struggles with that. And she knows that. So, he just has to keep fighting every single day to basically force himself to be happy with his wife. Mm. Because that's... God's purpose in his life. He doesn't want to give in to that sin, so he just mm. tries, and that's like the key word, just tries to please God in every way that he just basically isolates that idea and just moves on. Mm-hmm. So. You're one of the few people that I've heard of and just seen, like tangibly, that I could see you here, yeah. that you've had like unwavering support when you've come out. Why is there a stigma when people come out? Not necessarily today, because I think people are more open to it. But you're how old are you? Almost twenty-two. Next month. Are you young. <laughs> in my era coming up, I'm thirty-two. Yeah. <clears throat> people have a hard time, especially in the black community. Yeah. When we have a lot of gay people, um, but they don't come out, or they have a hard time coming out because of the family backlash and the friends backlash. Do you know of any friends who've had a rough time coming out? And if that were to happen to you, if that had happened to you, how would you have responded to that? Um, So interestingly enough, I actually don't have any gay friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know anyone that had a bad experience. Obviously, you follow people on social media and you read things uh, from like famous people you know and follow and stuff. So um, I think like a bad experience comes definitely from how you grew up um 
but not just that the relationships you built with people mm-hmm. along you know since you were born until where you came out and the relationship will be strong enough for anything that might be inconvenient for the other people to still know that you are you and that this is okay mm-hmm. so I feel like that's what happened to me like my relationship with my mom is one of the best ones with my dad one of the best ones and with all my friends like I'm a very caring person so I'm, all my friends are like friends for five years and plus mm-hmm. my oldest friends that I have here is like nine years since I came um, so they've known me like for a very long time so they know who I am they know like what I do they know my personality my character mm-hmm. and that just assure them that it was going to be okay uh-huh. that I'm this way mm-hmm. because we've built such a trusting deep relationship. relationship so mm-hmm. um, and with the second part of the question I feel like quarantine just gave me the courage to come out and I was prepared to not have a good experience mm-hmm. just yeah because, I remember you said like you told them like yeah days apart yeah, yeah. I was like being tactic about it mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I was prepared, and like that's why I said like I went with the people that were easy to tell first, and then moved on to my parents last, mm-hmm. just because of the huge respect I have for them, and their opinion like mattered to me. Um, so it slowly just built up the courage as after I told people, but I was prepared to feel and receive any negative negativity that would come. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully that was not the case but yeah. it's one of those things that I'm just like you know I'm ready to come out and whatever happens like happens like I'm ready to just be myself be with who I want and just you know like mm-hmm. basically forget about what everyone says mm-hmm. um, but obviously you care about what everyone says so yeah so, your yeah. your stepmom you said she stated that be open to God changing your life somewhere down the line yeah. As you mentioned, you never know what God's going to do in your yeah. life. But do you feel if, because you've tried, you've been down this road before, if you were led out of homosexuality and you were going back straight, do you feel like, okay, I was straight, then I came out, and I'm assuming you feel more comfortable this way, Yeah. and then going back, how would you like balance that out as far as your life and your trajectory and your journey? Would you even feel comfortable no. going back? So that's the thing, like, you know, God changed my life. As soon as I got baptized, I made a 360 turn. And that was something I did not expect or ever thought that could happen. Just because I'm like, you know, I'm always going to struggle with this. or mm-hmm. I'm always going to be this way, whatever, whatever. And for those five years, like, that was not a thing. Like, it was being by myself that made that realization become more revealing mm-hmm. in front of me. Um so I don't know what that would look like if that was the case because I'm not, I don't think I would ever want to. Yeah. Um, but again, life will throw some things at you. Like coming out, I never expected <laughs> that that was going to happen. So, Why'd you choose Mother's Day? Because um, I had to call my dad and my stepmom to mm-hmm. wish Mother's Day. And I'm like, you know what? I can't like just tell everybody that I know and not tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They didn't want people at the house because they're, you know, older and they didn't want get sick, get sick or yeah. anything. And they have my sister's eight. Oh. So and she suffers from like respiratory stuff. So I didn't go. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me call them. 
and let me just tell them. I didn't plan it on being Mother's Day, but it's just like, oh, Mother's Day, that works. Perfect time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And once you once you told everybody, you feel like a burden was lifted? Yeah. Not just like making them comfortable, but for yourself. Yeah, for sure. I, I still act the same way that I've always acted. Mm-hmm. So there's no difference between like before and after. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely like, freeing for me because now I can post whatever I want on Snapchat and social media and like people already know and they don't they're not going to question they're not going to be mad about it because they know mm-hmm. it just made me just like be more confident mm-hmm. not just in the fact that I do like guys but just the fact that I can be myself in every way like I can wear whatever I want mm-hmm. if I were to wear these pants back when I was straight mm-hmm. they were like why are you wearing that or mm-hmm. like if I were to, thankfully, all my friends know that I love Shakira. So whenever I listen to her, they kind of knew, oh, like that's Kareem, that's his thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of like, oh, that makes sense because that's just how he grew up and that's mm-hmm. how he always felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's mainly for me that I came out because I didn't want to like, you know, if I do ever get married, which that's the plan, mm-hmm. I don't want to like not have anyone at the wedding or people not know that I'm marrying a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of train people to know that this is my life from now on and that mm-hmm. it's fine that it's that way. What was, so this is like a eureka moment. You're like, okay, I'm going to come out on yeah. this day. Did you plan to come out in 2020 at all? No. Or was it just like, I can feel it like this, like this to time? Yeah. Certain events happened in 2019 that made me just like question everything more. Um, and that was like interesting. Like I was just enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking of coming out, or I was just like, you know, this is just for now. Let me just keep on going and see if it like goes away or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, no, it never go away. I wasn't planning on doing it at all. Um, I never plan on coming out because um, yeah, I wasn't what, sure that I was like that. So, and what's the what's the hardest part? You would you would if you had to guess for people to come out like why do a lot of people they don't come out and they end up living lives that according to them they're like unsatisfied yeah like they're married with kids but deep down they like they like men yeah I feel like that's they want to keep the relationships they have because that gives them comfort Mm -hmm. and protection Mm -hmm. Um, they want to keep their parents the way that their relationship is they don't want anything shaky because mm. they might know their parents personality and they might not want to deal with it true uh, they don't want to lose the friendships that they've had for so long because they're afraid of that they won't accept it um, it's mainly about what people think what that makes it hard at least for me to come out because I'm like okay I don't want to lose this friend that I've been friends for nine years like mm. if I tell her like how is she going to feel Mm-hmm. Or if I tell my dad, like, is he gonna like stop being my dad? Because I've read some stories, and I'm like, oh yeah, that does happen. Yeah. And I feel like the negative stories of people coming out are portrayed more in the media. That it just scares people more. Mm-hmm. You barely see happy stories, or like, oh, I came out and everybody's happy with it. I mean, now you do because it's 2020. Things are different, but um, yeah, I feel like just the relationships you are afraid of losing them. Yeah, so. I think that that's what makes it harder for people to come out. Will you, because I don't know if you've been, I know, like, have you been to church since? 
So we're actually still in quarantine, so okay. the church is not open. Because some some churches like have open. Yeah, you shouldn't be open. But some of <laughs> some of them have open. Yeah. So I don't know if your church is open or not. They're not. Mm-hmm. Um. So I still don't know if I will go back, mm-hmm. just because, like you know, we've been quarantined since February. Yeah, just about. Uh, and the church has been closed since then. Okay. Uh, they do streaming online and stuff. Um, okay. And. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a good time if I were not to go to church again that it happened during quarantine because now, you know, the attendance rate will be less mm. when church opens because I just know so many people that will not go back to church uh-huh. because they either move on with their life, they move somewhere else, they just lose contact with the church. That was get, That's what gave them strength and they don't have that anymore because they don't go to it. Mm. Um, so it's one of those things that I can fall under and be like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. quarantine, like, made it easy for me to not go. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it opens, I do want to go because I want to see everybody. I mean, I've known these people for, for a long, time. For a long, long time. And not because I want to explain because I don't owe any of them an explanation, but just yeah. because I want to see them, see how they are, mm-hmm. catch them up with how I'm doing. Um, but, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Switching gears, you do have a book out. I wish you would have brought a copy. Yeah, I'm an avid reader. (laughs) But tell us the title of the book and when did it come out? What is the book about? Uh, It's called Double Vision. It came out February 14 this year. This year. Mm -hmm. So Valentine's Day. It has nothing to do with Valentine's, but I'm like you have a good (laughs) habit of picking these days for things. Mm -hmm. Like there's already attention on something. Mm -hmm. Let me just put more attention Mm -hmm. onto it. Uh, and I had a book event a week after uh, where a lot of people from the church, my family, my friends came. Mm-hmm. I, I shared events with another friend of mine that's also a writer. and We both released our own books. Um, and the book, Double Vision, is about a boy who thinks differently. And it, he's kind of like me because mm-hmm. I am him, but without being him. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and... He has these thoughts of feeling the energy and the afterlife and like just weird ghost things. Spirit, very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I exaggerate a bit more because he's a fictional character. It's a story, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and he basically the book is has two parts. The first part is um, poetry written mm-hmm. by him that basically explain why he feels the way he feels he explains in details what he sees and what he feels throughout different situations or different topics of like Mm -hmm. love or friendship and this and that the second part is an experience in the afterlife so he dies you're supposed to know he dies is like part of the whole story Mm -hmm. Uh, so no spoilers (laughs) and the afterlife he just explains it in a very vivid detailed way like very colorful very just wow Mm -hmm. and it's the journey of him trying to understand why he felt the way he felt when he was alive Um, and it all comes back to Jesus being like the ultimate answer Mm. and obviously I wrote that book before I was coming out but that still holds the truth Mm. um, in my life and yeah the book is very it's not a Christian book but it has very a lot a of spiritual components to yeah. to it. So, well, how long did it take you to write the book? About two years. Yeah, it's a very short book, 
but I just wanted it to be extremely detailed mm -hmm. that it took me a long time. I would erase things and I would write it again. I would erase <laughs> it and write it again. And so writers do. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to finish this. Like when I started, I'm going to polish it in like five months. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Like obviously you're busy and stuff. So it took me about two years. And then when I finished, I was like, wow, finally. Mm -hmm. it's, it's out. So that's, I'm extremely proud of it. I have three books. Okay. The first one was like a trial, like, am I really a writer? Uh -huh. um, the second one was a Christian book, basically mm -hmm. like inspiring notes and stuff like that. Um, and that's the third one. Will you write another one about your journey now? Yes. Post-quarantine? Yes. So I'm actually, I started writing one mid last year while I was still working in Double Vision. And I wanted it to be a romance story. So it's a love story. But I want it to be a, a book of 300, 400 pages, like an actual book. Because my books are like 100 pages. I still consider those actual books. Everybody, yeah, I know. You, you'll meet very few people who will read three to 400 page books today. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I would, though. I would. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it probably won't be that long because I'm impatient. I'm like, okay, this is all I need in the book and I'm just going to throw it out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, when I first started writing it, I wanted it to be a very... You know, as a Latin person, I want it to be passionate. I want it to be fire. I want it to be romantic, like the novelas that you see in Univision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then now, as I'm rethinking of, like, the structure of it, um, I'm like, let me shift that to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Without me putting myself in the story, because it's not, you know, a memoir to myself or anything. Um and, yeah, it's been interesting seeing how that has been working out. Still not nearly done. Mm -hmm. I, I just started. I have some poems written, but, yeah, it's, I'm still trying to relate it to me right now. Yeah. Um, but it's, hopefully it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my last question for you is, because you mentioned God and spirituality a lot throughout your journey. I think yeah. it's very important. And you said you don't know where you and God are right now, which I think is reasonable, seeing as you made such like a, a huge change in your life. How do you want God to see you in the future going forward? Yeah, um, same way he has always seen me. Someone that loves people, that loves him, that will serve the needy, that will try his best to be righteous. Um, but it's just a very tricky thing because, like, Am I not being righteous because I'm with a guy? Mm. Um, and I don't want to pick and choose what's righteous and what's not, according to his eyes, because that's mm. just extremely dangerous. <laughs> mm. um, so I do want to build a great relationship with him. I just don't know how that would look, because I understand that what I'm doing isn't, according to what I've read, is not what he expects. Mm -hmm. So. It'll just be a journey that I'll have to figure out throughout time and see how my relationship with him will look. So, Well, I'm glad and happy uh, that you came on the Wave Report to share your story. Thank you for having me. I uh, wish more people would share their story, um, regardless of where they come from. Yeah. I think all of our paths are kind of intertwined in a way. Yeah. Uh, any final words for anybody watching, anybody who may be going through what you went through? Yeah. Um, Let's see. 
that's that's a good question. <laughs> um, it is not as hard as you think it is coming out. Um, the right people will be by your side if they need to be, um, and just just prepare yourself to accept whatever comes your way. But the reward is definitely greater than anything negative that you will face. Um, so, yeah, being yourself and being free is like the best thing anyone can do. Because you're just yourself. So, well, thank yeah. you for coming on no, the Wave Report. Thank you. Like and subscribe to the channel. We love y'all. We'll talk to y'all soon. Peace.